The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And this is my good friend Tanya Weiser. I'm kind of excited that we get to teach together. It's, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And we, um, we've taught this class, um, I don't remember, maybe it was last year, and just found it really rich and kind of really just great, I can say that. So if I can give my own endorsement. <laughs> so I'll start with a little bit just um, introducing how the course will be. But um, we are going to be discussing what we kind of what we call the hindrances. That is these things that hinder, hinder the mind settling down, hinder seeing clearly, or hinder the best versions of ourselves. Are we going to be sitting? Yes, we will be doing it. And I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes or so, and then we're going to do a sit. And so the way that we're going to um, approach this class will be much more experiential rather than Tanya and I just sitting up here talking, talking, talking. We'll be doing some guide meditations and some small group discussions and some large group discussions with the idea that we can learn more from our actual experience. And we're going to like practice like, how to work with, how to understand, how to be with these things that we're calling hindrances. But as the title of this class talk uh, suggests, it's, we'll transform them from what we might be thinking of as obstacles and just turn them into other meditation objects. And we'll be uh, working through this, how to do this with the different types of hindrances. And part of the reason why we're doing um, discussions is because maybe you have this experience that often we don't know what we know until we hear ourselves saying it. I um, mentor a number of people, and uh, largely with uh, meditation, and I hear this again and again, that you know sometimes the value is just having a question and then answering and realizing, oh yeah, I do know the answer to this. But you didn't realize it until you were asked the question or you're sharing it with somebody else. We all have a lot of wisdom. We don't need Tanya and I to be telling you everything. It's part of this is for us to, to create the conditions in which you can already discover some of the wisdom that you already have. So... And we'll be offering this in more of a secular fashion, but this is a Buddhist center, and both Tanya and I are very inspired by the Buddhist teachings, but we have no interest in converting anybody or kind of talking about how great Buddhism is. So you're welcome to take what you find useful, what you find supportive, what you find helpful, and just leave behind those things that you don't find supportive and helpful and useful. For those of you who haven't been here at IMC, I'll just mention that for me, I feel quite touched to be part of this center and that we have this alternative economy here that absolutely everything is offered freely. It's quite something. We have volunteers that are taking care of the building, volunteers taking care of the finances, volunteer, or just, it's quite something, it's beautiful. 
And so for me and Tanya, it's part of our practice of generosity to offer this in a generous way. If you feel inspired, if you feel appreciative, if you feel you want to do a gesture, um, there's a donation box uh, near the near the door where you come in and where you go out. There's a place to donate to the center, not just to the teachers. Yeah, thank you, Tony. There's two slots. You can see that. So maybe I'll say a little bit more about the hindrances now. There's a, an analogy that um, I like where the Buddha is reported to have described that a path of practice, meditation practice, a practice towards freedom, is like water that's in a river and that flows downstream. Once you start practicing meditation as well as other practices, it only goes one way. It only goes one way. Just like water flows downhill. Water never flows uphill. It flows downhill. And this one way is towards greater freedom, greater peace, greater ease. But if we uh, think about rivers that are flowing downhill, of course they're not just flowing in a straight line. They come across boulders, tree logs, banks in the river that are there for some reason. We could look at these as obstacles, quote-unquote, for this river that's flowing, but they're not obstacles so much as the river just comes into contact with them and then moves around or finds its way. It's not avoiding these boulders or logs. It's not... um, somehow um, trying to make them go away. Instead, it just contacts them and goes around or goes over or does something with them. And so both the river goes a different direction and what's being contacted, that boulder, the tree log, right through uh, repeated contact, itself gets changed. So in the same way, our practice, uh, we could think of boulders, tree logs, etc., as sometimes they're obstacles. It's just a natural part of our practice. And this part of this going downhill is, of course, there's going to be things that our practice rubs up against, that hits against. So these um, hindrances... In the classical teachings, there are five. For me, I feel quite encouraged that these five were described thousands of years ago. Human beings were having the same experiences that we may be having. So if we don't have to take it as a personal failing or something that's, you don't have to take it personal at all. Is this what happens to human beings? So what are these five? can think of them as mental states and energetic states. So they often happen in pairs. The first two are, uh, I think of it as kind of like a leaning forward, sensual desire. You want more. This kind of, this getting. The, um, its opposite is ill will. Kind of leaning back, I don't want it. 
So leaning forward or leaning back or desire or aversion or desire and ill will. Maybe, maybe I'll highlight it central desire here. It's not all desire. We'll talk about that later. The other two are about energy. Not enough energy, sloth and torpor, falling asleep, fogginess in the mind, just kind of this droopiness, or its opposite, restlessness, this can't sit still and fidgeting and wanting to bolt, maybe, or something like this. Those are the second two, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry. And then the last one is doubt. Doubt is like a type of confusion. Maybe it's there isn't a leaning or the energy's just kind of stuck here. There's a sense of I don't I don't know what to do or this hesitation, this confusion, this um, not just this kind of lack of clarity. So doubt is is this the right practice? Am I doing this the right way? Is this the right teacher? Is, is, am I the right person for this? This kind of real sense of just not being sure. That often leads to a sense of being stuck. So, does sensual desire, ill will, restless, uh, sorry, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, doubt. Like all of of our things that uh, that take us away from seeing clearly or from being present with the present moment can usually be folded into the, one of these five categories. And in the ensuing weeks, we'll go through them and explore them and unpack them. And importantly, come up with ways in which to work with them and to be with them and to stop having them be problems, quote-unquote, instead to just recognize, okay, part of practice. How do, it's part of being a human. How do we just fold them into our experience? So maybe with that, I'll turn it over to Tanya. You guys ready to meditate? I'll do a guided meditation practice that um, we'll start with a breathing, just breathing for about mm, you know, five or ten minutes or so. Um, and then I'll do a guided kind of step-by-step process to sort of, it's called Bella, which I'm partial to that. Ciao, Bella. Hello, beautiful. (laughs) Right? And um, the B stands for be or be with, right? So B-E-L-L-A. And um, so be present. And then E is examine or curiosity. So the E, examine. And then the L is lesson. And the um, next L is letting go. And the A is appreciate the absence of a hindrance or the absence of an obstacle. Um, and, uh, you know, don't tonight I'll going to do a, in a very kind of um, energetic way as opposed to, you don't need to be trying to sit here thinking, which hindrance did she say? Which five were they? You know, no, don't worry about that at all. I will just sort of kind of guide you around noticing the different kinds of energy or mind kind of clarity or states that might be present for you tonight just to have you just sort of just kind of check in and then to work with those um, whatever you see is present you'll work with that with the Bella practice Um, and we'll repeat it and we have handouts 
um, that list all the five hindrances and the Bella practice. So um, just relax, take a deep breath, feel your body, and maybe just notice... um, what, even what their response is to hearing about something called these hindrances, these obstacles, just how was it to kind of think about these forces, these energies, and um, maybe it didn't connect much, or maybe it had an impact. So just, just first noticing that for yourself. Kind of bearing witness to your own experience. And then... I like this practice of orienting yourself to here and now. Maybe, you know, say your name in your own mind. Just hear your name. Maybe say it one more time, but say it like somebody who really loves you a lot would say it. Hearing that tone of voice. Just see if you can feel a yes with, yes, me, here at Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, Wednesday night, March 27th, 2019. Isn't it second? Oh, yes. Thank you, Diana. (laughs) Yeah, February. So, here, now. And maybe take three more consciously longer and deeper breaths. Inviting the breath to come down into the belly. Not just breathing in the chest or the shoulders, but, but really letting the breath come down deep and expand the belly with the inhale. And after a few of these longer, deeper belly breaths, just seeing what happens if you let the body breathe whatever way the body wants to breathe in this moment. And just noticing first how that is, what kind of breathing the body is doing. Might be short breaths or long breaths. And just witnessing the body breathing on its own, knowing how to breathe. And how is it breathing right now, here? Each breath, one might be slower or longer. Maybe you notice the exhale more than the inhale or... Maybe there's a pause at the top of the breath or the bottom of the breath. 
Just getting acquainted with the way the body's breathing here and now. Breathing in and breathing out. Feeling the body, receiving the breath. And if the breath is your, is the object that's most apparent for you right now, if you are able to see and feel and connect with your breath. You might just ask and notice what your relationship is like to that breath right now. Is there a sense of leaning toward or into the breathing? Or is there a feeling of this is hard and a sense of leaning away? or distance or disconnecting. Maybe it feels like there's just hardly any energy to even notice the breath. Maybe the mind is kind of bouncing all over the place and thinking about lots of different things and it's hard to even Notice the beginning or ending of a breath. Or perhaps there's a feeling of, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. Or I can't do this. I can't, what did she say? How do I do this? No, 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 this isn't right. Just, just, so there can be just even in our relationship to our breath, we can notice the general energies of moving toward and wanting. Oh, I really want to, really want this breath. Oh, this is a nice breath. Can I, have a, can I have another one like that? Or a feeling of, I'm not breathing right. I don't like this. It's just not right. Uh, kind of, uh. Mm. You know, or just I'm in La La Land, dreamy. Or just having a hard time sitting still, or mind being bouncing all over the place. Again, this feeling of 
can't quite get it right, confused, not getting it. So just noticing, and it may be none of those things, it may be just this complete clarity, breath in, breath out, breath in, breath out, short, long. Just being present for this relationship with the breath, being aware, giving it some room to even just notice, being and acknowledging, taking your time here. This is the be with Bella, right? Just be, be present and aware of whatever relationship is here. Whether it's with this breath that I'm talking about or maybe there's another thought or feeling that's going on in your body that you're aware of. Noticing what you can about being here. And as you're ready, moving into the E of Bella, which is sort of the curiosity or the E of examining, sort of exploring it more. Maybe noticing if there's anything behind the way you're relating to your experience. Sometimes really wanting to have a special experience can be behind wanting or desire. And sometimes we're just sort of in a mind state that Nothing is quite right. Or we feel angry or fearful and there's this pushing away. And has that, maybe there's that there for you. And noticing the absence of these things as well as the presence. Behind sleepiness, slothfulness can be boredom sense of disconnection. Behind restlessness and worry can be a mind that just is really having a hard time settling, not feeling safe. be sometimes um, a lack of faith, not trusting, 
whether it's ourselves or the practice. They're just seeing if you can connect, and if anything's clear, great. If not, just allowing you to, whatever's known to be known. No digging, just just looking carefully. And as you're ready, the next part of Bella is the lessening. So this is about very much about balancing. So if there's a movement toward, a leaning into, just seeing if you can come into an upright relationship, sort of more spacious, allowing whatever is there to be. And if it's an aversive energy, again, seeing if you can move into a more kind of equanimous or open stance. You might not like what's happening, but can you be more open to being with it? And if there's a a lot of sleepiness, try taking a couple of faster breaths and lifting the body up a little bit more and bringing more energy, maybe opening your eyes, maybe standing up. And if there's too much energy, maybe slowing your breath down, taking a few slower breaths again. there's confusion try just committing to doing the next breath fully being with it just saying to yourself for tonight I'll just try and breathe here with this breath the next big breath in and out just sort of see what you can let go of I've been thinking examining lessening and now just see what with the other L and Bella what can you let go of just come back to the breath simply easily as you can or be with the breath and whatever else is there just letting it be letting go of struggle or worry or trying and in the last moments of the meditation sort of check in again notice what your relationship is to your breathing or to whatever is up for you right now 
And notice if there's been any change. Any lessening or letting go that happened. Can you breathe into that? Appreciate whatever shifted, whatever loosened, whatever became more clear. Just take a couple more deep breaths. How was that for you? Was that too much? Was it okay? Is there anything that um, you had a question or anything you could share? Any comments are welcome. Maybe, Tonya, I'll summarize a little bit. Which, uh, Great. That you started with having us do a few deep breaths to kind of connect with the body, just to kind of get us grounded. And you did try to send us into March, but then we came back into February. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Diana. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, just to recognize what is something very simple, just being with the breath, but what's our relationship with the breath? Is there might be, it might be really subtle or it might be really obvious. There's kind of like a desire, leaning towards, wanting some ill will, aversion, leaning away be some sloth and torpor, it's that time of the day where we might just be feeling tired. Or there may be some restlessness, this feeling like we want to be somewhere else doing something else. Or doubt, like just the way the confusion, should I be doing this? Kind of this general confusion. And then you provided a tool for us to work with and that, don't worry, Tony and I will be unpacking this as the time goes, but Bella, to be with the experience, E, examine our experience. L, lessen, as in, not greaten, but lessen. (laughs) Um, Then the second L is to let go. And A is accept. Appreciate. Appreciate, sorry. Appreciate, that's right. So now we'd love to hear from you guys. How, how was that? Was it obvious what we were talking about? Do you have questions either about the hindrance or the tool that we're offering? I'm not <coughs> not sure I can link it to one of the things, but I'm sure it has one to do has to do with one of them. But um, as I'm breathing, it, it was really subtle. Like there were times when the breathing would just happen on its own and then I was like like grabbing it and doing it so there was like subtle doing mm-hmm. and then letting and then doing and then letting you know and there was like 
it would, it would like cycle almost, you know. Uh, that's just what I noticed. Great. How, how was it to notice that for you? It's great. I mean, um, I just find it super interesting. I, I could I could look at my breath. I have like, it just. It's a fascinating thing to me, you know. You think it's such such a simple thing, yeah. But there's so much subtlety to it. Yeah. It's kind of like a. It's really pretty, actually. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, I have, yeah, I've meditated a few times before. Usually, I cannot get myself quiet enough. To want to do it. Um, every time I come to this building, I feel like I can meditate because this is a beautiful place. Um, but uh, I, somehow I feel this detachment from my breath. Like I can't relate to it. I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. I'm a little sleepy too, so I'm afraid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's, uh, I think uh, I'm enjoying the experience of trying to let go and just be quiet. Mm. But I don't find it easy necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, this practice turns out not to be too complicated, but we never said it was easy. <laughs> it might be simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. Um, for me, what was helpful, what is helpful in, in classes like this is that I substitute uh, conversations that are constantly going on with, a, with an external voice. So I, in a way, yeah. I, I just chill and just listen and that that helps me yeah so I, I was surprised that one of the hindrances is not this voice because <laughs> because it's uh, to me that's the big hindrance uh, you might notice um, actually that voice and notice the the tone of the voice the energy of the voice um and notice if that voice changes. Sometimes it might be harsh and punishing, so aversion. Sometimes it might be desiring and wanting and planning and seeing all these fantasy things. And sometimes that voice might be, you know, um, worried and anxious. So you actually might, you know, that voice might be communicating. Um, you might be able to see the presence of any of these hindrances if you, if you kind of notice the tone of it. That seem likely possible, yeah. familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to ask you to um, get into some small groups and to do a little bit of discussion. It turns out to be really powerful to share and but practice and to meet other people. Don't worry, we are not going to ask you to talk about your deep, dark secrets. We're not going to ask for anything uh, that you don't want to talk about or something that's going to be pretty straightforward, very straightforward. So if you want to get into groups of three, and there'll be one group of four also, and then um, once you get into a group, I'll um, give you some more instructions. Okay, so now here's one last question. <laughs> yes. This one you thought you could escape. So one more question. What are the ways that you work 
with these hindrances? What do you do when, like this one that's the, that comes up the most often, what's your usual way of working with it? And, or, how would you like to work with them? So when, you, when these uh, obstacles, these hindrances arise, what's your usual way of reacting, responding, working with them? And this time, the person that's closest to this wall behind me starts. And again, go uh, in um, clockwise. And we'll do the same thing. We're just one person speaks, and then the next person, and then the next person. Okay. Okay. So we'll finishing up. Maybe thank your partners. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a gift we give each other to share in this way about our practice and so So um how was it to listen to yourself and to each other talk about the hindrances and um in this way how was this for you There's the microphone right there. Thank you. Um, so st- expressing the hindrance, it sort of, uh, I may mean, have always known, known it, but have, have being able to put your finger on it, and uh, I think that's helpful. Beautiful. Would you be willing to share um, anything about you know, what you put your finger on? Finger Restlessness. On. Restlessness, okay. That's... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's... The... Great. Thank you. Thank you. It just, maybe just hand on the mic to whoever's next to you, and you can either accept it and speak or pass it on. <laughs> it's totally fine, but this way at least it kind of gets moving. And... Um me was interesting to discover which was my hindrance. Yes. Anyway, my, my obstacle. Um, and it's also restlessness. Uh-huh. And, um, and it was interesting to realize that I don't know how to deal with it yet. Mm-hmm. It's my first time, so I'm very hopeful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how to describe my hindrance, but I noticed that among the three of us, we had completely different hindrances. Uh-huh. And it sort of shows you that we're all in different places in life, you know. But maybe this meditation is still a, a common tool that we call to use to resolve the hindrances that we that we, we face or we believe we face. Great. My, maybe I'll just add, you said it shows that people are in different places in their life or in their practice, but, you know, all five of these are, can happen at any time, or three, or two, or four, or one, right? Just the more we look, the more we start to see these things kind of arising. So it's amazing to see. But there are ones that we tend to do more often, just different people that have different ways of being in the world. Thank you. Jordan. Um, so yeah, it was nice um, talking to these um, these gentlemen, and um, for me, uh, my mind is restlessness, you know, and um, it seems like um, 
every time I meditate, it takes like 20, 10, 20 minutes to uh, slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've learned that to work with it, um, just sit with it. Um, but if it's thinking, just to go back to the breath. And um, I don't know, I've just been trying to like simplify my meditation recently. Um, I think I've been like reaching for a little too much, mm. you know? So, um, yeah. But I, I find that when I do slow down, it's easier for me to uh, stay with uh, the breath or something else. But um, it's that's something I, you know, experience quite frequently. And um, I'm, I have trouble identifying the other ones. Um, so that's why I want to learn more about it. That's, yeah, and maybe it's uh, this is something that we'll um, discover is that sometimes we think like, oh, this is restless. No, actually it's uh, desire because I just really want this thing and I have energy about wanting this thing and it turns out it doesn't. We don't have to know precisely what it is. Some of the tools that we're going to talk about can be used for any of the hindrances. So you can just apply whichever tools feels appropriate. But thank you, Jordan. Um, I guess for me, what came up is like meditation is kind of like a journey where, like, you notice it into yourself and. Like the hindrance is kind of what causes you to meditate, mm-hmm. and like a tool to like deal with mm-hmm. with what you're experiencing, and um, yeah, like I guess forgiveness. Well, that's what came up, like self forgiveness, and just taking it one breath at a time. <laughs> nice, thank you. I just feel happy to be here and talk about the Dharma. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Amy. Did you want it? I had a hard time deciding which one was my favorite (laughs) hindrance. I think the only one that I don't experience much is sloth and torpor and I have so much of the other anxiety that um, that's my favorite one there's another question which you know you maybe if you don't have anything to say um, but maybe you could say how might this discussion support you? If you think about meditation, how is it? How, how might it help you in your meditation to have heard these things? Um, I'm not quite sure if this is my first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the outspoken person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of same things here, but uh, <laughs> I really appreciate um, your guiding and uh, 
beautiful voice, mm. and I felt really beautiful energy here. Mm. Thank you very much. Cool. Anybody else want to say how this conversation and hearing from other people might support you when you sit down to meditate? Can we send the microphone this direction? Um, so the discussion it helped me because like it helps me identify with other people and even though we have different hindrances, like I could kind of see myself in their shoes or their experience. And also like I've I thought about this before, but in a way we're all kind of breathing together. Yeah. Like if we could feel what the other person feels then we're also like breathing together. Mm. Um, I think hearing that a lot, a lot of people have problems with restlessness, it's like a, it's kind of reassuring that it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, it makes me feel better that I know that it's a common problem. And um, something that we can learn how to work with. So, you know, it's kind of like we all experience some difficulties, you know, through meditation. It's not easy, you know. (laughs) So it's kind of reassuring just to know that other people are experiencing similar experiences. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It can be quite something, right? When you see people are sitting quietly, like, oh, I'm sure that person is really concentrated. Or then you talk to them and you realize, wow, they were just doing their grocery list the whole time or, you know, whatever it is, right? What's on the outside doesn't necessarily match what's going on on the inside. Anybody else want to share how it might be useful for you to have um, shared and heard from each other in this way? Or the next question would be, um, you know, what might be some challenges or barriers for you to working with your hindrances or the hindrances, right? Um, Great. Thank you. Um, I feel like... um, they kind of feed on each other mm, in a negative yes. negative way. I, I start with anxiety and restlessness and then I don't trust myself because I've been doing it for so long and not getting anywhere. And then it goes to resentment and not liking me, not liking this. Not It just keeps that is so um, such a you know keen observation to to see that to see that they they do feed on each other and they can morph from one to the next right um, and sometimes I'll call it a multiple hindrance attack <laughs> I'm having a multiple hindrance attack <laughs> forty five minutes a day <laughs> that. Yeah, and and so this is where also looking in the Bella practice when you examine um, kind of and and kind of 
look at what's behind, or seeing that pattern. Oh, it started with this, and then it went to that, and it went to this. And you can kind of see how um, one thing is feeding on another thing, right? Um, we'll we'll take our time over the course to spend, you know, and the next four weeks we'll devote um, to each of the hindrances, right? So we'll we'll take more time with each one and talk about how to practice with it. So you'll have a lot of opportunity to explore each of them more specifically. But just tonight, we really, this is kind of, this is great to kind of see um, and have you share this. And, um, yeah. You want to say anything else? Yeah, maybe I'll say this in the uh, some of the stories uh, from the Buddhist time is that the hindrances um, are personified by this character called Mara. And Mara keeps on visiting the Buddha. He just shows up and Mara, he's not a... He's not like a devil person that wants to send people to hell or anything like that. He just wants to prevent people from finding freedom. So Mara shows up in all kinds of different settings, and the Buddha just looks at him and says, I see you, Mara. And Mara goes away. So even somebody that's reportedly so awakened as the Buddha, right? the hindrances visit him too. It's just part of our... Um, physiology or psychology. Sometimes you haven't slept enough. Sometimes you ate too much. Uh, sometimes things in your life need a lot of care and attention and therefore you're feeling restless or whatever it might be. So just as a way to say that you know the hindrances are just a part of practice. There can be, we might be harboring a secret wish that like, okay, someday they're going to all go away and I won't ever have to work with them again. Or they, But it's, instead, we just learn kind of skillful ways to be with them and to not identify with them so much and to start getting into this story of like, oh, here's that hindrance again and it means that I'm a bad person or I knew I couldn't meditate or I don't know what stories we have. We have all kinds of stories about it. We start taking them so personally and just being able to notice, like, oh yeah, this is what's just being experienced right now. I appreciate what you're saying, and I think it's a really important thing to um, emphasize that we don't have to take these personally. It's not a failure that they come up. It's not an accident that they come up. Um, they, they're... You know, this we see this in our lives, right? We see lots of greed in our life, right? And aversion, hatred. There's lots of examples in the news if you watch, you know, and um, our billboards, right? And you see people doing phone and computer and talking and drinking coffee and... Eating. Eating <laughs> and, you know, this is like sort of restlessness and worry, sort of like spreading your attention everywhere, right? So these are things that just manifest in people falling asleep when you're talking to them, you know? These are just, you know, this is, this is stuff. This is the stuff of life. And when we sit down to meditate, the stuff of life manifests. It's a, just a different environment a different way to relate to them and we don't want to um, 
You know, it's it's interesting because some people when they, you know, I remember early on in my practice, I remember first hearing about the hindrances and hearing about greed in particular and, and aversion. And I remember just feeling like, oh my God, I do that all the time. <laughs> and just being like, really feeling like, oh my God, there's something really wrong with me. And I'm really like, oh my, I'm just... I'm just like completely consumed by this stuff and I'm, you know, just, and it, it really made me like, ah, right? And, you know, I, I, I just don't think it's, it's really good to see that these things are serious, right? They're really, they, they can become serious. They can take us off course, right? If we get caught in greed and we just have a greedy mind, we can just get too consumerist, buying and ordering and just go off, right? And just overdoing it and having this huge credit card bill, right? This this is what can happen when we get caught in it with unaware. But but the presence of greed or wanting things in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? There there there's must be something useful about these things. There's there got to be something fruitful about starting to recognize and work with and see these things. I think it's really important to normalize. And that doesn't mean to normalize going ahead and doing things that end up being harmful to ourselves or others. But to just know that these are forces that exist and have existed for a very long time. And, um, huh, curious. Curious. Look at that, you know. Um, and to know that it's sort of like one of the things we'll be talking about is it's almost like, so Diana talked about the river flowing down the mountainside. And, you know, rivers also have pockets, pools, little little pools that kind of occur along the way. And one of the similes the Buddha teaches us is that, you know, if, if, if the mind is like water that's clear and pure and you know, and it's kind of potential. The hindrances come in and color or affect the water. And they do so, um, and it's said that, like, desire is so, if you think of a pool of water that has been colored with maybe rose-colored dye, Right? And so that when you look into that pool, it's quite mesmerizing. Wow, it's pink water, right? Wow, that's beautiful. But everything looks different because of the pink water, right? So if you took what was in that pool and you took the pink away and you looked in it, it would look probably normal. But if you add the pink, it all looks special and sparkly. And it is said that greed... Right? This, I, what happens to us when we get greed is sort of like the pink dye in water. It makes whatever we're looking at look sparkly and pretty and like, oh, i got to have it. Right? And aversion is said to be like a boiling mass of water. So hatred and ill will and not liking and not wanting... When you look into the water to see what is there, you can't see. And that's what happens when we're angry, right? When we're full of hostility, is that we can't really see. We can't see the other person, the other thing. 
our mind is just steamed, right? It's just boiling, it's, it's hot. Does that make sense? And then if we keep, you know, going along and we come to, oh, a pool of sloth and torpor, what do you think that might look like? That would be one of them. But that he says with sloth and torpor, it's more like a pool that's covered with, um, with algae. Slimy and gooey and, you know, sort of thick, right? And, and then a pool of restlessness and worry. What would that look like? Yes, the wind. And the wind does what to the surface? Stirs it up, choppy waves, right? You can't see in. You can't see what's there. Nothing settles. It's bouncy. If you're in a boat, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> right? And then doubt. Mud. Thick. Dark. Mud. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens to our minds. Our minds are, are it's like um, it colors our minds, it affects our minds, it and so we can't see clearly when we have these states within us. We don't see clearly. It's hard to be when we are feeling restless. It's hard to just be. We're bouncing, right? Energy is all over the place. I appreciate, Tanya, that you're highlighting that. So we're talking about this in the context of meditation. This is a meditation center, and we will be doing some guided meditations we just have one mind. <laughs> we just have one life. So what we see in meditation, chances are, is happening in our daily life as well. And what you're seeing in your daily life, it's going to show up in your meditation too. So we're using this meditation context, but the, it's this um, being able not, not being able to see clearly because the hindrances are present shows up on the cushion, off the cushion. It doesn't doesn't matter, either of them. So this is, to me, the beauty of working with these hindrances in our practice, is that, it, you know, um, it's a safe place. If you've committed to sit down and to not take action for a period of time, it's a safe place to explore and discover and learn about these visitors, about these habits or, or ways of seeing and relating to our life. And because and your commitment is to not, do, not take action. You know? And it's, how, it's not safe very often. It doesn't feel very safe very often to you know, let yourself experience anger, aversion, restlessness even. But um, it can be a very profound learning experience to really sit and notice what does it feel like? What is this energy like? To witness um, the mind that is being pulled along by greed and how, how that thinking changes with the color of the greed, the flavor of the greed versus aversion. And then, you know, often sloth and torpor is sort of a little bit like a way, it's a little like diluted mind, right? A little bit like, I'm, I'm really not, I don't know, I'm really unaware, right? And so what's that like? 
You know, sometimes I'll have these blissful little meditations and it's kind of like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm just completely unaware, right, in a way, because it's slothful. There's not enough awakeness in the mind to, to really be seeing what's happening in the mind. How much do we do this in our life, right? So, I think um, there's, um, I think I'll, I think it probably I'll just sort of talk about some different ways to say that the, in the, the different wise ways to relate to the hindrances maybe. Do you think that's a good place right now or do you have something else in mind? I, I'd like to say yeah. one thing before you go there. Please. So Tanya talked about, you know, in meditation practice is a place where it's safe, where we can learn this. But I also want to say it's a place where we can play and mm. where we can experiment. Oh, what happens if I do this? What happens if I stop doing that? And we can bring kind of a light-hearted, like, what, what is this? Mm. What is it like? Or I, I don't know, it's just... It can be a light-hearted, playful, experimental way. We don't have to bring a sledgehammer to it and try to make these things go away. But in our meditation, it's a time to like set aside and explore and discover and bring some curiosity and to things that m- may be uncomfortable, but we can bring an attitude of, hmm, let's, let's see what this is like and play with some of these ideas that uh, Tony and I will be offering. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's really well said, and I think I like it, bringing up the idea of playing with it. It's and and really noticing, you know, the cause and effect relationship right there in the mind that's <coughs> meditating, in the body that's meditating, in that moment. You know, what happens if you, you know, kind of play with how you're relating to what's going on? Try something <laughs> radically different. If your normal strategy is to get upset with yourself because you're, you know, anxious and your mind won't calm down, what's another thing that you can do creatively? How can you sort of relate to that in a whole different way? You know, and so the the example too of the, you know, it's so helpful to think about Mara, I see you. You know, like really restlessness, worry, I see you. Okay. Oh, you're here. That's the visitor that's here. Okay, now it makes sense, right? Ah, I get it, right? There's something about that that can be just really helpful. Really, really helpful. So I'm wondering, um, Diana and I have been doing kind of a lot of talking the last few minutes, five, ten minutes. I'm wondering if somebody would be interested in trying to summarize or maybe different people what you've heard here tonight instead of my doing it and then I can add and help but just is anybody willing to summarize a few things that that they really they heard us sort of sharing or pointing out Um, it's a great way to actually reinforce for yourself what you're taking in and helpful to others to also hear it in a different voice because we we all speak and share in our own unique ways. And it, the more voices, I think, the better. Is anybody open to giving a try to any of that? No? Yeah? You will? Great. We talked about the five hindrances. Um, 
we discussed them amongst ourselves. Some of us had common hindrances. Some of us had hindrances that we didn't think it's possible. I mean, yeah. not for us. Um, so um, we also, what, what other thing that sort of stuck with me is the story of Mara. I remember a teacher in a similar type of a class once telling us that if you see it, you can't be it. It's, uh, it was a kind of a nice thing. It, it happens basically. Yes, you may be angry. You may be slothful, <laughs> but that's just the condition at that moment, right? It's not you. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I think the um, the story or the mythology of the Buddha and Mara is really inspiring to me because, um, like, he was able to conquer Mara to achieve enlightenment. So um, I think that's really cool. I watched this like cartoon of the Buddha, and they like personified Mara as like this big monster coming at him, and he just goes, "I see you." You know, so I think that's um, that's inspiring to me because that it shows that it's possible um, to defeat like our mental afflictions or defilements. You know, and um, so thank you for bringing that story up. And I think um, it's like um, there's like like a, a laboratory. Gil says like a laboratory to experiment with stuff. Um, in the meditation so it's um, yeah something I want to experiment with is trying to identify the hindrances when they come up thank you anybody else willing to summarize something they took away Um, what I also took away is what we see on the cushion is also what we see in life and um, here we have a choice of playing with it or um, seeing what we tend to do with it naturally and then not doing it maybe Yeah. and see how else we can deal with it so maybe I'll share this um, I, I personally really like this um, practice um so it's almost like um you know if you imagine you're in a house and something's knocking at the door and you open the door and there's a hindrance right we might want to shut the door really fast But that's not going, I see you, Mara. Right? That's trying to get rid of the hindrance. That's more hindrance to a hindrance. So what happens if we open the door? Like we first of all we have to hear the knock. So when we're in meditation, we have to be paying attention and listen, hear, feel the knock. 
the knock of this energy, the knock of whatever energy is present. And then we can go, ah, and we can open the door and say, I see you. Hello, greed. Hello, aversion. (laughs) Hello, sloth and torpor. Hello, restlessness. Hello, worry. You're welcome. Or hello, you know, doubt. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Okay, great. Hold it. Can you hold it? So, if we shut the door too soon on the presence of a visitor like this, if we try and get rid of them too soon, they're sneaky creatures. They'll find their way in through the window or the pantry or the back door. You'll find them, you know, they'll show up in another way. They'll find a way in. They'll try the door. And if you answer and receive and connect and give them space... They, they kind of resolve and go away, mostly. You know, we'll talk about that. But, but if we try and ignore them, or we try and bully them, it doesn't make them happy. They grow. There's that other story about the monster that grows when we hate it, and we have to love it and feed it for it to get small and go away. It's kind of what we need to do with the hindrances. So one of the playful things would be to be compassion. Can you imagine offering compassion to somebody who's bouncing off the walls and crazy restless? This is the play. This is the, this is the, the thing to, to do. Now tell me, what were you going to say? Can you use the mic? What you just said about the knock. Yes. The trick is to hear the knock. I mean, otherwise, all of a sudden, before you know it, you, you, you're drowning it, right? Yeah. So unless you hear the knock, you're helpless. That's right. So that's, I hope you teach us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like there's more you want to say, or should we... I, I think we should do a brief sitting. Uh, we, I have the handout here. It goes over the other thing that wasn't really mentioned is the Bella practice. But the handout goes over that. So you have that with you, right? To take with you, to use that in your meditation. Yeah, anything else? Um, no. We'll mention this book. Do you want to mention this uh, now or later? We can do it now. Might as well, and then we can sit. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Um, so we'll have handouts each week, and there'll be a brief summary of kind of what's been discussed in the in the class. And then this book is written by Gil. It's called Unhindered, and you can order it through Amazon if you're interested. It's a, a pretty nice read, um, you know, sort of going through the different hindrances. And um, so if you're interested, you might order a copy of that. And so this, a lot of the teaching that we're doing is kind of inspired by this book, consistent mm-hmm. with this book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is like a series, right? Yeah. Are you going to, so you're going to focus on maybe on like one, uh, one hindrance yeah. for one class? Because um, mm-hmm. there's some hindrances that I'm very interested in and I don't want to miss classes. Um, are you going to talk about like the dates that you're going to actually do the specific ones? Sure. Do you remember, Tonya? We're doing doubt first. (laughs) Yes, I remember now. We're doing doubt first, and the reason we're doing doubt is because, um, actually, 
one of the ways doubt manifests is it, it actually can sound like an expert. You know, it can come, it can be very convincing. This is not right. This is not right. I do not need to be doing this. I'm in the wrong place. And, um, and, and then, so that doubt can really take us away from practice. And the other doubt that can be really impactful is a doubt that, a doubting in ourselves and our ability or a doubting in the, the, the possibility of getting freer, right? That those doubts really can affect our ability to keep showing up on the cushion, to keep practicing. And we, so we kind of wanted to talk about that first so that you don't get, um, you don't get ensnared by doubt. So we're doing that first, and then the, the next week after that is restlessness and worry because we think that comes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we're doing um, sloth and torpor, and after that, we're doing aversion, and after that, we're doing greed. So we're doing them in the exact opposite order. They're listed on here. Are there any more questions? Or Okay, so it's actually 9 o'clock now, so we'll let you go. Thank you very much for your participation and your practice and Tony and I will stay up here if you have some questions otherwise we wish you a wonderful week and we'll see you next week thank you